Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you again. So good to see you. Uh, I'm Pastor Nathan Harrington, the pastor, senior pastor of Thrive Community Church. Uh, been gone for a while, in case you don't recognize this. It's me. <laughs> Not have a Halloween. Uh, I am uh, excited to be back. I'm rested. I, I feel free yet again. Uh, God did a lot of soul restoration, that's for sure. It was kind of the theme. And coming out of this, it's funny that the song, I, I, you know, I don't coordinate the songs with Delaney, but this last song that we sang is really thematic for what God really spoke to me about in our next season. It's really just about His presence. And you think, well, okay, that's great. He's omnipresent. But it really is more about His manifest presence. And us just taking that moment of Selah to just pause and rest in his presence and really get granular on what that means when it comes to freedom, when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to really restoration of the soul in the deep matters of things that we don't even realize we still carry around with us from years past. And so we're going to explore that over the next several years as God allows but I really am excited about it because I feel a huge weight come off of me that I didn't even know I was carrying. Maybe you maybe you saw me and you're like, that dude's carrying weight. But I didn't even realize I was carrying. I feel, I feel better than I felt in years, literally years. And so I'm really excited about what God has in store for us together. I'm excited about the unity of the body. I'm excited about uh, making shifts for Everything being kingdom-minded and us being united in purpose, but in, even on a, a, on a relational family level moving forward in everything that we do. So I want to explore that. And I hope you're, you're in and you're, you're game for that, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun this next season. God told me, uh, we're not going to, Nathan, I don't want you to slow, I, I don't want you to do less. I just don't want you to do it so fast. There's, there's a lot to that. You know me. There's a lot to that. And one of the words he gave me was, Nathan, you've been productive, but now I want you to be fruitful. Yeah. And it's completely different. It's completely different. So I'm excited about exploring all those. And, and over the next several weeks, I'm going to be sharing more of that from a, a restoration, a soul restoration perspective uh, and into 2021. But I'm really excited about his presence and us really getting granular on what it, be, what it means to experience his manifest presence in our lives, in your family, in your finances, in your business world, in the church, but in, in Henderson County as well. And so uh, leading up to that, one of my, my good buddies, my friends, and local pastors that I love to be kingdom-minded with, Pastor Cass Bowker. Y'all would welcome him up. I asked Pastor Katz, I said, you know, I was thinking, I wasn't planning ahead on my sabbatical, and I thought, I'm going to come back and jump right back into preaching. I'm like, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'll be ready for that. I won't be able to land the plane on that thing. Plus, I'll have to come out of sabbatical to write a message, and that, that just takes a lot of emotion out of you, right? When you're preparing a message, you guys don't know how, how much emotional energy that requires. And so I said, uh, Pastor Katz, would you step in for me right before this election Sunday and I get back? Because I'm not going to have the strength. And he goes, absolutely, I'd be an honor. So, Amen. man, thank you so much. Amen. We love you. And we are, you guys may not remember, some of you weren't here yet, but last year we, I challenged you guys to have a, a, an offering, a gift for Christmas time. We were going through a series, the gift that keeps on giving. 
And in that, we talked about uh, giving a blessing. As we were breaking ground last year and as we were, we were getting ready to, to start to build here, uh, we gave an offering to Release Free, which is where Cat, Pastor Cass is the is a pastor of, because they're working on getting their building. And so you you guys had a generosity. We didn't we didn't take an offering for us. We then took an offering to give away. And so man, man we were able to bless you yeah. guys. I'm excited for what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. Ah, amen. Well, I just feel like I'm still at home right here at. At Thrive, just like I w if I was at Released Free for, yeah, in three years. Not only did we have the, the down payment and everything, but in three years, our building is going to be paid off. Amen? <laughs> Amen. And uh, so it's just so great to, to be back here and what an honor it is to, to, to step in for what I believe is one of the greatest pastors in, in Henderson County and be able to share with you and, and get ready. I know uh, when I went on we went on vacation this last year, we was only got two weeks, and when we came back, and I preached, and, and like two or three people said, man, we need to send you on vacation more, and I didn't know how to take that, really, I'm like, hmm, okay, the guys I filled in were really good, you know, <laughs> you know, but so what the Lord has downloaded in your, your pastor and, and first lady, uh, be ready. Be ready to go to that next level. Amen? You know, with the election coming up, it is so important to uh, pray, look at God's word, and, and see, one, if, if our lives are lining up with his word the best that it can. You know, we can't be perfect, but we serve a perfect God. We can't do everything just right, but the, he who is right is in us, right? And so let him guide us in who we should, you know, vote for and which party, you know, they stand for and what they believe. You know, we could get real political real easy. You know, one's for life, one's for death. One, you know, for, for freedom and, and one's not. So it's individually your choice. Just like it is in accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just like it is in saying, what can I do to glorify him? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Those are all Choices and sometimes we'll make good ones and sometimes we'll make bad ones But we just want to keep that in mind and I hope today's message speaks to you in such a way that that when you vote You will do know that you are voting For this one that God wants to appoint as Romans chapter 13 says that everyone that's in authority is placed there by God Amen So let's start off in in second Peter here, but um, as we think about I told this story and and my my wife and my son Samuel and, and David here are going to be like, oh, you're, you're telling this it's not uh, Father's Day. Normally I tell this on Father's Day. But it starts with Halloween. That when I was young, I was about seven years old, and, you know, give or take, and my brother's four years older than me, and, and my cousin, who's in between us both, uh, was staying the night, and my parents didn't make the wisest decision. They went to bed, and they left the remote in our hands. And so we watched a movie we probably shouldn't have watched about a guy with, you know, uh, razor blades if you will on his, on his hand and and we watched it and we thought we were pretty cool and we went to bed and we're all sleeping and in the middle of the night I, I'm woken by this big boom and I think what is that right so I wake up well my cousin had woken up and sleepwalked and he, he he hit the wall which made him start screaming and yelling and he turned around and he ran the opposite direction and when he did he hit the bunk bed and fell right on top of my big my 
Can you talk? My big brother, who, you know, woke up and was screaming, and so they start fighting, and I'm freaking out, you know, and I did what every good young stud would do. I start grabbing the stuffed animals, right? And I'm throwing these stuffed animals. Because I don't know what I'm throwing it at, but something is eating my brother, and if it's eating him, I'm next, right? So I'm throwing these stuffed animals going, and all of a sudden, my mom said my dad went up, over, and hit the ground running. Said he just, you know, went up, and I was like, whoa. My dad is Superman, right? He can fly, right? So he ran down the hallway. He bust open the door, and he flipped on the light and said, what is going on? And immediately, I mean, I was like mid-throw, right? And my brother and cousin mid-puncher. They look at my dad, and we immediately start laughing. Immediately, joy replaced fear. When the presence of the Father shows up, it doesn't matter what else is in the room, what is trying to eat you, what is scaring you. When the king of kings, when, when daddy shows up, when Abba Father shows up, there's peace in your life. And that's the type of peace he wants us to see during this, this 2020 period, during this time where, where COVID has come in and tried to scare people, where you know things around the world just aren't making sense and I mean, heck, the grocery stores don't make sense, right? Facebook don't make sense, you know. Uh, you're like, yeah, this is true, and then you've been censored. Well, maybe it wasn't, right? You see all this stuff that the world is saying, well, I'm going to tell you what truth is. And you're like, well, but I know this is true, and it's telling me it's not. Well, the world's not in the business of speaking truth. If you're a friend of the world, it says you become an enemy of God. And so, you know, our thinking just has to line up where we hear what the world has to say. We hear what fear has to say. We hear that what chaos has to deal with. But scripture says, perfect love cast out all fear. So we want to see that. We know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Amen. So his message is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care if you're reading Genesis, if you're reading Jude, if you're reading Malachi, if you're reading the Gospels, if you're reading Revelation, the message is the same. And nothing in God's Word will contradict itself. And so we have to say, okay, well, in the Old Testament, man, it sure sounds like he's a vengeful God. That if you don't do everything exactly right, he's going to crush you. Right? The earth is going to open up and, and swallow you. Right? Or snakes are going to come, you know, get you. Or the plagues are going to come upon you. Or, man, I, I might go to hell. Right? And I know I'm probably the only one that's ever questioned your salvation. Right? That, that you're living life and you're doing good and then you go through a bad spell and you're like, man, Lord, I haven't heard your voice for a while. You know, are you, you, do, do you still love me? Right? What's going on, you know, with the world? Why? What's going on with me? Right? See, that's your, that's your flesh talking. God's love never changes for you. And he says when you're in his hand, not, nothing shall remove you from him. When he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life, he prepares a new name for you. And I, sometimes I, I can't wait. Because I know when he says it, I'm not going to be like, well, is he calling me? Because my name's Cass. He has a new name, and when he calls it, you're going to know. And you're just going to be, yes, boom. And everybody is going to feel like the firstborn, right? Everybody is just going to feel like you're receiving the, the extra love and blessing because he shows no favoritism. He loves us 
Oh, we're going to start. If you, you know, I'm going to start different. I'm awake now. The first service, (laughs) the caffeine hadn't kicked in quite yet. (laughs) You you know, right? Normally, I have a couple hours. We just have one service right now. I have a couple hours. I eat my, you know, my big pink. I eat my donut, you know, with the pink frosting. It's good stuff, right? And, and, and maybe a Red Bull or, or Monster or a big old coffee or, you know, whatever else isn't good for you, you know? <laughs> and, but I'm awake now, so I'm sorry. They had a short message. You're going to get it all, okay? <laughs> and we still we start in the beginning, okay? We can go to where the children of God were in slavery in Egypt, right? And for 400 years, they suffered in slavery. They were whipped, they were beaten, they they were rationed, okay? And it took these people of God 400 years to finally get to a breaking point where it says their groan reached the throne. When finally they were in such misery, they started praying to be delivered. 400 years. It takes me about four minutes now, (laughs) right? Took me about 24 years to even call on the Lord. And that was going to church, being drugged to church, right? Setting where you're setting, hearing the same messages, and never believing in God. And I remember, say, I didn't tell this first time. I was sitting in a prison cell. <laughs> and I rolled over, and in between the, the mortar, the, the, uh, the bricks, their cinder block walls, and in between that smooth part, right in the middle, someone had written. You know, I, I, I believe it was an angel that went in there and wrote it. It's probably the, the, the guy, you know, before me who God touched. You know, it said, Jesus may love you, but Satan has you right where he wants you. And so the, the, the scenes, like a, like a video clip or, or pages you flip real fast, you know, and where they draw the characters and you move it and it feels like they're moving, started playing in my mind. And so I remembered going to church and yet not going to church and all this stuff, you know, my family and all the good things and the bad things that were happening to me. And it started, you know, well, so I got mad. I said, okay, if Jesus loves me, why has my life turned out the way it's turned out? If Satan has caused this, Where's he? I was ready to fight either one that showed up. <laughs> right? And listen, I wasn't the, the, the short little pudgy donut hole you see right now. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I was in shape, right? In 1991, I qualified for the Olympics in wrestling and powerlifting. Okay? So I, you know, was a stud. Now I'm just the donut hole. Okay? <laughs> but, I, but I'm training too right here. <laughs> I take them to the gym all the time. That's why they're in shape. I don't have time to work out myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I got this crisis of belief going on. If Jesus loves me, why am I here? If it's Satan's fault, what gives him the power over me? And so right there, I asked them both to show up. Right? And ready to fight, ready to talk this thing out, you know, make a deal, you know, whatever it was going to happen. And of course, you see who won, right? And that's because the message from Genesis to Revelation of God's grace came in that prison cell, and he turned my life around, right? And so we can start this. 400 years, 400 years it, it took them 
to get to the point where they said, you know what, I don't like these Egyptians. These, you know, we're enslaved. They worship false gods, many false gods. You know, they, they, they beat us. They, they do all these bad things to us. They make us live the way they want us to live. And so finally they called out to God, Lord, deliver us. See, these were, these were descendants, okay? These were descendants of, of Abraham, Isaac. And these were God's people. They knew freedom. They knew prosperity. They knew what it was. And yet here they find themselves in slavery. 400 years later, they cry out. God answers. He delivers them. They, they come out. We know the plagues and all that. The army chases them. God parts the sea. They go across on, on dry ground. And that's funny. Ever, anybody ever, ever, been, ever been there? You can go there and if you can scuba dive, you can go down there and you will find, okay, horse's teeth. You will find chariot wheels still covered in gold. You will find all the evidence of Pharaoh's army being destroyed in the bottom of the sea, right? You will find vases that, that and this is what's interesting, is they would never want to, if a family member died, they wouldn't want to bury him in Egypt, right? So <laughs> they would wrap him, they'd, go th they'd put him in a jar, Right? And they can find these jars, these big vases in the bottom of the sea. And you just picture it, right? They're going out of slavery, the, the water parts, they look back, they're being chased. They're, I love you. <laughs> I gotta go, right? <laughs> and they get across, as soon as they get across, whoo, the greatest army, the strongest army in the world at that time is destroyed. Freedom, right? Yeah, 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 we're free. You brought us out here to die. Salvation, and immediately started cursing God, right? Started doubting God. Uh, you brought, we're thirsty. Boof. Here's water to drink. Immediately over 4 million people were drinking water. Huh? We'd, they would still be in line for the drink fountain today if this valley didn't part up. And that's a cool thing in and of itself. So they got water to drink. He started supplying manna from heaven. They would wake up, and there would be bread on the ground, right? They could eat it. And what's awesome is, you know, it was separated from the dust that represented slavery in Egypt. There was a dew. And you can look up and the dew blessing in the Bible, okay, and see that but the dew covered the dust. And so when the, when the bread set on it, it wouldn't get contaminated. They didn't have to pick it up and... <laughs> Right? They pick it up and eat of the manna from heaven. Oh, so good. We got them bread again, right? They start, you know, complaining and grumbling and sinning, right? And all this other kind of stuff. So, so God causes the quail to fly across the sea. And as soon as it would get over, because the quail aren't supposed to fly that long, they'd be tired and they would fall. And they would pick up meat to eat. You know, today... You can still go over there, and the few that are left over there do the same thing. They'll still make that yearly trip across the sea and die on the ground. Still today. Yeah? God supplied meat upon meat upon meat and bread upon bread upon bread for them to eat. Salvation from being in slavery. And yet, they said, God, whatever you tell us to do, we will do. Are you sure? Whatever you say, we will follow up perfectly. Whatever you want us to do, we will do. Okay. Moses, come up to the mountain. Goes up to the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai. Gets the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. And we know the story. Before he got down, he broke them all. Right? Because he comes down. 
and he sees the people that couldn't even wait 30 days. Right? Your pastor was gone 30 days. <laughs> Where's everybody at? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, don't tell him. No, don't. <laughs> okay? 30 days, he came back down and all the riches of Egypt that they left with. See, they just didn't get their freedom. They bankrupted the slavery. They bankrupted Egypt. They took all the silver and the gold and the riches of Egypt with them. That's how God delivers you from sin. You don't take your sin with you. He delivers you, makes you righteous. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you're never going to look like a slave again in his eyes. Okay? But here they are. They took the riches. Well, they took all that. And they melted it down. And they made a cow. You couldn't even eat it. Right? And they made a golden calf. They worshiped the false gods of Egypt. In 30 days, they forgot the army that was chasing them. They forgot the, 40 year, the 400 years of slavery. They forgot the sea party. They forgot the provision. They forgot the water. They forgot all the miracles they had seen. In 30 days, they broke all the Ten Commandments, and then 3,000 of them died. What's awesome, you fast forward to when God gave the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fell. 3,000 people saved. See, he, he wanted a reminder. Say, remember, remember the law. Remember the curse. But all of a sudden, it's been reversed. 3,000 people saved. Okay, so we, we could see this message. And they would go. And, and, and um, after the 3,000 people were, were dead, they wasn't too much longer before they started messing up again. Right? And let's, we're going to talk about a story and a name. If you remember Balaam, let's look at this. 2 Peter 2, 15. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So Balaam, unrighteousness. Jude 11. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. You know, first murder, selfishness, jealousy, unrighteousness. Have run greedily into the air of Balaam. Ooh. For profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Balaam was, was this prophet, okay, that he was a prophet for hire. So if you had enough money, you could have him come, you'd pay him a money, and he would pronounce a blessing over you. He would pronounce good fortune for you. He would try to tell the future and say, hey, God has shown us great favor with this, right? Anybody seen the movie Troy? I know it's an old movie, <laughs> right? Where they'd have all these people and they say, yeah, God is going to give us victory. We know what happened to Troy, right? Okay? Didn't happen. False prophet. Same thing here. Okay? That King Balak hired Balaam. Let's, let's just keep going here for a second. Revelation. Oh, this is at the end of the book. Okay? Revelation 2.14. And what, what I like about this, and it's a small thing, I hear people say, in the book of Revelations, like a, like plural, it's one. <laughs> Some of you, okay, two fourteen. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who have hold to the to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual adultery. And what's awesome about that is at the end, you know, Balak's like, hey, you didn't give me what, you want, what I wanted. And he said, okay, send the women down. Send the prostitutes in. Make them stumble that way. Okay? 
And why did he do that? What, what did he not do? What, what could he not do? Numbers 31, 16 says, look, these women caused the children of Israel through the council of Balaam to trespass against the Lord in the incident of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. And this plague caused 24,000 people to die. 24,000 in one day. Made COVID look like nothing. One day, 24,000. Well, what was this? Okay, this King Balak saw the children of God marching and coming, hundreds and thousands of soldiers alone, millions of people. Okay, they were coming, and anywhere that they went, they would, they would conquer that land. And whatever land that they conquered, those people started worshiping Yahweh, the one true living God, Elohim, the creator God. Jehovah Jireh. Okay, we could go in. They started worshiping the God, the king of Israel. Right? And so Balak is like, oh, man, they're getting ready to come into my land, and they're going to take over, and, and I don't want this to happen. Right? And don't want to give up my power. Don't want to give up my position. I want to worship my gods. Right? And what, what, what's this, this coming? So he said, ah. He calls on Balaam. Okay? And Balaam says no at first. So he sends another messenger. He turns that one down too. Then he sends a messenger with money. Right? And says, here's a whole bunch of money. You will never want for anything again. All the riches that you need. Okay? You won't have a job. You can just stay at home and 600 extra dollars a week is going to come to you. I'm sorry. Just throwing that in. Okay? <laughs> that, that, that you don't need to work and you don't need to dream because we'll just send you money. I know I'm getting political. Listen. Okay, offered. You'll never have to do anything again. I will pay you good. Okay, he gets on his donkey. Listen, that's what happens most of the time. When we take a, a bribe or we start to, to, to go into to sin and we willingly do it, we start talking donkey. He gets on his donkey and he starts going. Okay? The donkey keeps turning, kind of being disobedient. Right? Not, and, and Balaam gets mad at him. Even beats him. Not, he comes to find out. We all know the story. The angel of God was there going to kill Balaam. The donkey saved his life. But he still chose to go. He gets up to there. Balak takes him up to the highest mountain, and he looks down on the children of Israel. And all the time when the children of Israel would camp, right in the center would be the tent of meeting, okay? The tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, okay? Oh, I see it on there. Can we pull it up here? Okay, you would see it, all right? And so uh, Balaam looked down, and he saw that. He saw the cross. And he tells Balak, what God has blessed, I cannot curse. And he says, come on, I called you here to curse them so I could have victory, so they would run, so I could still have my, curse them, curse them. What God has blessed, I cannot curse. And I want you to see this because this was a rebellious people. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing just right all the time. 
in the midst of their travels, whether it's the 40 years or even after that, they were still sinning. They had a promise of going into the promised land, and they would not do it. They would not hold to the law. They would disobey God. They would serve him great and experience all the goodness of God. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And then the flesh would say, hey, how about this? Right? Satan, the ultimate drug dealer. Satan, the ultimate pimp. Satan, the ultimate deceiver. The ultimate accuser that's going to say you're not good enough. Therefore, you must not be saved. If you was really saved, you wouldn't be thinking like this. If you was really saved, you wouldn't be doing this. If you was really saved, you wouldn't. Right? You ever hear that voice? And yet, look how they camped. Right in the center of the, the square, in the center of that square, would be where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And we could go from... The, the most holy into the, the holy of holies, okay? You could go from room to room and get to the midst, to the very center, the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, where presence of God was, that only the high priest could go in there. Anybody else try to go in there? They would die. And you have, you've heard the tradition of, you know, about that, right? That the, the high priest would have to go through all these ceremonies to make sure that they were clean to go in there. And what they would do, they would go through it, they would tie a rope onto his ankle, Everybody heard, right? And he would go in there just in case, right? And at the bottom of his robe, it had bells, jing, jing, jing. So as long as the high priest was moving in the high priest, in the temple even then, in the tent, there's every, all this furniture except a chair because the high priest could never sit down because his work was never done in, in becoming intercession for the people, never done. So the high priest would walk. So as long as they heard the, the sound, ching, 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 right? They knew things were going there, and if they heard a ching, ching, thug. <laughs> right? Dude didn't make it. <laughs> right? <laughs> what would he do? He would go in there with the blood. To the Ark of the Covenant, the very top of the, the Ark, where you have your two cherubim, okay? Wings, you know, hold it, point to the center. He would take this blood and he would sprinkle it on the lid. The grace seat. The mercy seat is what that is called of Christ. Why would he put it there? You know what was inside? I can't remember if I sent that to you. Inside of the Ark of the Covenant, there was three things, only three. It's not filled with, you know, eternal life as far as, you know, like Indiana Jones trying to find it and, and getting all this power and all this other kind. of Three things are inside of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. The manna from heaven. Aaron's rod. <laughs> Why in the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments showing these people that were camped. God's people. The rejection of God's law. The manna from heaven that they rejected God's provision. Aaron's rod because they rejected God's leadership. That pretty much covers sin, right? Leadership, provision, law, all inside of the Ark of the Covenant. But it was covered by the mercy seat. So all that rebellion, all that disobedience of any of those areas would cover, was covered by the blood. 
This is Old Testament, right? And so that was in, and they would camp. Okay, it was a foreshadowing of what was going to happen, that the cross. And so when he looked down, when Balaam looked down, he says, oh, he saw the cross. And God gave him understanding. He said, oh, what God has blessed, I cannot curse. Part of the curse, if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, first 14 verses, nothing but blessings. And then the whole two and a half pages of your Bible. Okay, or at least two on your iPad. The whole 67 or 64 other verses are nothing but curses. And you think, wow. So I'm just going to read a few of those today. Okay, verse 32. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 32. It says, your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. See, child trafficking isn't something new. And your eyes shall look and, and fail for longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. Verse 60, moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt, which ones of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written down in the book of the law, right? Because we, well, which ones were covered? Was COVID covered? It's saying here, even the ones that aren't listed, even the ones that you don't even know about yet, okay, were listed. The Lord will bring upon you till you are destroyed. These are curses. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, I wish it was evening. And that evening you shall say, oh, that I wish it was morning. Now that is torment. Right? I mean, that is, that is terrible. Most people, after they have a bad day, like, man, I just want to go to sleep. And see, if it's me, man, my head hits the pillow, I'm out. I don't have to wind down or anything. I mean, it's almost, ask my wife. It's almost like I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I just walk up, and I lay down. Boom. She say, honey, are you, I'm already asleep. Right? Just, I'm gone. Right? You know that one of the greatest expressions of faith is when you go to sleep? Who's watching over you? You don't even know what's going on. Most of the time, you don't even know if you're snoring unless your wife wakes you up. Right? Stuff can be going on. You don't even know how. The earth is still spinning. Evil's going on. People are living. People are dying. All this happening. You're asleep. Got the old jewel coming out. But you can't even do that here. You're so worried. You're tossing. You turn. You're awake all night. You know, you're just worried. And you wake up and they go, oh, I didn't sleep at all. Let's get the day. And then your day's filled with the same junk. No relief. No peace. Oh, that it were evening, and then the evening you shall say, oh, that it was morning, because of the fear which terrifies your heart, and because of the sight which your eyes see. Fear. You know what fear does? It causes you to, to, to post. Right? If you really cared about me, you'd wear a mask. I'm sorry. I'm getting menacing on the second service. I didn't do this in the first service. <laughs> right? Fear causes you to fear what you can't see. Fear causes you to fear what's not even real. 
right? It's kind of like that story I told. There is nothing in that room to fear. But we all thought we were dying. But one thing brought peace. Verse 68. And the Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships. By the way in which I said to you, you shall never see it again. And there you shall be offered for sale to your enemies as slaves. Wow, wait a second. Slavery is bad. You delivered us. Why would you go to all the trouble from delivering us and tell us we're going to go back? The same reason why they was in slavery in the first place. By their own choice. Well, that's something to think about. By their own choice. 400 years of slavery. Now they're going back. And when they would take you to the slave market, and you can go to, to Jerusalem, and they'll show you the slave market, and they'll show you where Jesus was, where they stripped him down nude, just like they did the slaves then. Jesus, they stripped him down the same way in the same slave market. You can go there, and that, that they would sell you to the highest bidder. And you don't know what they were buying you for. Maybe it was for, for sex. Okay? Maybe it was for hard labor. Maybe it was as a sacrifice, depending on your age. All these kind of things, they would buy you. Okay? And what's really bad is there's always someone there to buy you. Except now you're going to be in such a condition, in such a position, that here you're going back into slavery. But what kind of day are you having? That you're being sold, but no one will buy you. See, this is worse than just not getting picked for the, you know, the team, right? For when you say, okay, hey, let's, let's divide up teams. I'm the captain. You start picking, and there's one guy or one person, you know, they're like, oh, okay, well, come on. Everybody got picked, right? Here, you're left standing. The slave owners don't even want you. Whoa, now that is a curse. Let's go to Genesis 8. Going back to the beginning to explain the middle. Then the ark rested in the seventh month of the 17th day of the month on the mountains of Mount Ararat. As we go, all throughout scripture, dates, numbers are given. And there's a significance to them. And when we see them, it opens up the truth. When God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, that the message hasn't changed, he hasn't changed, his love will say, oh, God. See, now you go to places and, and people can misconstrue it. You say, man, God is a loving, loving God. And they're like, okay, I believe that, except what about when the earth opened up and swallowed people? What about 3,000 people dead? Right? What about the plagues? What about when he says, you shall have no other God before me? And what happens if I do? Right? We start, eh, we got to keep it all in context. And when we do, it makes sense. Then the ark rested on the seventh month of the 17th day. 17 is the number of victory all throughout Scripture. It says 17, 17 times it says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And there's 17 things listed. And it covers everything. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So if we know that says 17 times, you know, in Galatians, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Okay, then, then we can look here in Genesis. Okay? On the seventh month, on the 17th day, we can all talk about the number seven, 
whether we go all the way back to creation, right? Whether we talked about how long Jesus was, you know, when he entered in right before he went to the cross. We could, the, you know, the walk of Emmaus. We could talk about the number three. We could talk about all these things. And they're just, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Let's put them together. Okay? <laughs> Onto the mountains of Mount Ararat. And I like this here because I have a heavy tongue anyway. If there's a W and an R next to each other, I am in trouble. Right? Okay? So Ararat, okay? But in uh, Hebrew, it's pronounced R. Okay, like a pirate. You know what it means? Curse reversed. Why does that make sense? Let's watch. Or let's look. <laughs> to watch, I'd have to do this. Can you read? Okay, I'm sorry. Woo. All right. <laughs> then the ark rested on the seventh month of the 70th day of the month on the mountains of Ararat. Galatians 3, 5 through 14. Well, let's wait. The ark. Why would I talk about the ark? We know Noah's ark, right? That he started building it. God finished it. He took him and all the animals, put him inside it. God closed the door. Boom. Why did he do that? Okay. You know, I, I, I would like to meet Noah. Right? Because he preached. They call, he was a preacher of righteousness. And he preached for over 40 years and not one convert. I mean, I've had slow Sundays. <laughs> right? We've had revivals a whole week long and two or three years. Like, Man, that wasn't very many. 40 years. And not one person said, I'll get on the boat with you. That's your building in the middle of the desert and it's never rained on the face of the earth. It says that the condition of the world at that time, besides the eight, every single person, mind and heart, was continually set on evil. 24-7 every thought that they had every intention of their heart they didn't do some good deeds every thought it says scripture was continually set on evil so in the greatest show of mercy and grace he took them out of that world he turned on the faucet the six mile layer thick of, of protection around earth opened up and fell <gasps> That's in science. You can look that up. And then it says the earth opened up. And all the earth, the water that is inside the earth came out. Okay? And if you want to look and Google all the time the mathematics on that, okay, it just almost immediately. Yes, it rained, you know, for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay? But all the water that's inside the earth coming up in a six-mile firmament of water coming down instantly, in less than an hour, Mount Everest was covered in water by a mile. That's some rough seas. You know, you can go up to the top of Mount Everest right now, and you can find clams. How'd they get there? Birds can't fly that high. You know what's awesome about it? You know what happens to a clam when it dies? It opens up. These clams... That you'll find up there are shut. Because when God, after the 40 days and 40 nights, he stopped the rain. It says the earth opened up. All the water went back in. And you know what's awesome about that? If you're oil guys or natural gas guys, I used to work for chemical exploration and production. Okay, that you can go out and drill. 
drill and you always go through some water and stuff. You can go super, super, super deep in the stuff that's really what they call artisan water and all this kind of stuff. Or where they say, hey, we found water that's super old. You know what? You, they have never found water inside the earth that dates it back older than the end of Noah's flood. Opened up all that water. Went, <laughs> Ark came to rest on the top of mountains of Mount Ararat. Heavy. Mud starts sinking. And at just the right time, God says, now it's ready. Door opens up, boo, so they walk out on dry ground, just like it was when they crossed the sea. Sea parted, they went across on dry ground. All evil destroyed, eight come, door opens, they walk out on dry ground. All of evil destroyed. On the mountains of Mount Ararat, which means curse reversed. Now think about this. What does that make difference? Let's find out. Galatians 3, 5 through 14. I got to hurry. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God, I love it, scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham. Yeah, he preached the gospel to Abraham. Wow. And the only account that you'll hear about God preaching, teaching Abraham is, you know, they had a little discussion and, and, and God's like, hey, I'm going to show off a little bit. He says, count the stars. That, that's how we read it. Okay. And so a lot of, it, it, this isn't it. Abraham goes, okay, one, two. You know, you can imagine. You ever tried that? I think, every, come on, everybody has, right? You've looked out, started to count the stars, or even just, okay, the Big Dipper has one, two, right? Started to count the stars, and, and Curious George did it even. All right. <laughs> if you have kids, you would know he starts to count. Right? Okay. It wasn't that. If you go back and look at the Hebrew, and when he says count, it says recount. Or account for. And that's, I, I love that one a lot better. Account for the stars. What do you mean account for? Imagine looking up into the night sky without any lights. No cities. No car lights. No headlights. Being out in the middle of nowhere. And then imagine that. Not even being close to what Abraham saw. No pollution, no nothing. Not only that, not a single star at that time had burned out and fell. Every star accounted for up there. And wait, we can look up and see pictures in the sky today, right? You know what he would look up and he saw? Okay? And see, listen, I hope you can go home, Google this, and find out it's awesome. Don't let the world distract you. You know what Satan does? Satan takes what God meant for good and he tries to twist it and makes a counterfeit of it, right? Well, you can see the goodness and, and of God and how he anointed people and all this other kind of stuff and the fallen angels and, and you can talk about everything and then you get Greek mythology, right? With Thor and, you know, all these other kind of things that are glorified now in movies and all this and it's real. And what I mean by real, I have a prison ministry and one time the, the, this guy wrote me a note and said, I, wanna, I showed the Avengers the first one. He goes, and he loved it. And I, and I would stop about every five minutes or something to teach out of the movie. Because that, anyway. 
He said, I want to thank you for finally showing me a, uh, a movie to everyone so they can see how good and strong my God is, Thor. Still today, people worship false gods. Okay? And we call it Greek mythology, and you can go back and read about, you know, uh, you know all, all the fake ones. Same thing with astrology. Romans chapter 1 says that they started worshiping the creation rather than the creator. What God made to show. Why did, why did God make all the creation? Romans chapter 1, read it. He says, everything I have made is so that you can look at and see the glory and the testament of how powerful I am. It was made for a reason to point straight to him. So Satan says, well, i got to do something and point people elsewhere. So i got to take what you can look at in the stars today. Okay, way back to when he first came down, boom, kicked out of the earth, or I mean kicked out of heaven. Jesus says, like lightning, I cast you out at 167,438 miles per hour, or per second, came down, boom, as lightning. Speed of light, Satan gets out, boom, him and a third of the angels. You think it was, science says asteroid. I say Satan and a third of the angels, knocks the earth off its axis. Think about different, different message, I know, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we start thinking about this, he looked up, he saw the virgin holding the baby. He saw creation and the gospels written in the stars. And you can see that today. And he looked at, he spoke with the Lord, and he believed the gospel. God preached the gospel to Abraham. And he says, well, I'm looking at stars telling a perfect story and you're talking to me I'll believe you and it's because of his faith that is accredited to, credited to him as righteousness and all the nations shall be blessed because he believed so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham verse 10 for as many as are the works of the law are under the court, curse for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. We know this. We talked about what happened. You know, Moses spoke to Tim Cannons before he made it back down. Had to make a second trip. Right? And, and the people started disobeying every single law while he was up there getting it. Came back down. They said, hey, whatever you tell us to do, we will do. They failed. Right? So we can see this, that this law, no one can be righteous from the law but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident is evident for just for the just shall live by faith what kind of faith the faith that believed God and what he said in the gospel yet the law is not a faith but the man who does them shall live by them Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having became a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come up Upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Whoa! Colossians 2. Buried with him in baptism, but you were also raised with him through faith and working of God, who raised him from the dead. Now, okay, I hope you haven't forgot about Noah. I hope you haven't forgot about the ark. And the ark resting on, on Mount Ararat, which means Ararat means curse, reversed. And what does that mean? It's saying now that Jesus became a curse for us so how do we combine the two okay anybody used to listen to Cher you, you know I think she's immortal <laughs> no <laughs> I mean she looks 40 
she's 112. No, I'm okay. Right? She, sing, she sings that song, if I could turn back time. Right? God did that. God did that. Exodus 12, verse 2. This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Now, now wait a second. We're already seven months in. And now you're saying this month, which is the seventh month, is the first month. Yes. Let's pray God doesn't do that to 2020. <laughs> Go get your bread and your toilet paper now. <laughs> right? Let's pray that, that there's not a, a, another lockdown. Forced slavery. Forced submission. I know. I'm supposed to be a preacher. Just preach Jesus and leave the world to me. Jesus came in the world to affect the world. Not to condemn the world. But through him the world may be saved. And the only way to do that and I remember, well, I got done 30 minutes early. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Shortly after the very, 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 very first lockdown, you know, the 14 days of slow spread, everybody's panicking, right, freaking out. I go into Brookshire's, okay, and, and all these people are just going, carts full of stuff, and they're being rude, right, and all this other kind of stuff, and, you know, and looking around, and listen, I'm built like this because I got food all the time, right? So I'm getting my stuff, right? And I see this worker, you know, just this one list comes up and says, where's this, where's this? And he's trying to help, and, and they're just, and, and finally this worker just tears running down his face. <laughs> you know what I went, I said, I said, dude, you okay? He says, man. He says, all these people are, are yelling and screaming at me, and they want me to help them. And he says, I'm scared just like they are. I said, man, can I pray for you? He says, yeah. So, I don't know what aisle is the frozen section. The peas on one side and the frozen bread on the other side. <laughs> I, I just put my hands on him and start praying. <laughs> you know, and he, I can feel him, you know, and, I, and just next thing I know, I feel someone's hand on my shoulder. Right? And then there's another hand, and I look, and there's other hands on his shoulder. And we're praying right there in Brookshire's. We're done. And I said, you okay? And he says, yes. Perfect love cast out all fear. <laughs> God reversed time. He turned back time. Sherrick can do it. He turned it back where the seventh month became the first month. Why did he do this? He was getting ready to observe Passover. You know, the, when the death angel passed over them because they were covered by the blood on top, on both sides, made the shape of a cross. And inside there, the cover, those houses, those rooms, there were people that that day and the day prior had taken part in worshiping false gods. They had been living in slavery by denying 
that they served the creator God. Sinners that obeyed one, one, hey, take the blood. Put it over. And when I see the blood, I will pass over for you. And then take this meat that you're going to cook for fire, for judgment. And eat and be dressed and be ready to go. Have your robe on, your staff in hand. And get ready to experience salvation. Be ready to go because I'm going to deliver you from evil. But I'm a sinner. But you're covered by the blood. But I deserve death. My judgment is going to pass over you. But I'm not righteousness. It's not your righteousness. It's mine. The seventh month became the first month. The Passover which would have been observed on the 14th day of the month. Jesus rose on the third day. The 17th day of the first, the formerly month. So if you can make sense and write that all, I got to look at it every time. If you can do the math. On the same day that the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat, he could have just said that, but he gave a date. And there's a reason why he gave a date. The same day. Fast forward. Same day that the, in the month, that Noah's ark came to rest on the mountain that says, cursed, reversed. Jesus rose from the dead and said, I became a curse for you. Connecting the old covenant to the new covenant. Old Testament promise to New Testament fact. <laughs> he has saved you. He has redeemed you. That you once was a disobedient, lost enemy of God because it says anybody that chooses to be a friend of, a, of the world is an enemy of God he has taken all your sin everything that makes you unworthy to even stand in his presence when they would do they would take off their sandals and because they, they weren't worthy to stand there they would have, his presence was was clothed by the ark and says only the high priest can go in there and put the blood down but only one well Jesus is our high priest what does it say he did let me listen okay you're going to get some extra here I hope you see it he said, don't touch me, because he was taking his blood. He was taking his sacrifice up to the throne, and he went up to the throne, and he stood where once it says the accuser that accused you day and night to God stood, but he no longer has a right there, because see, the first Adam had a spot reserved. He failed. Jesus called our second Adam. He came. He succeeded. Right? He was perfect. He was the Lamb of God. He was roasted with fire. He became the curse for us. His perfect blood. So his, our high priest, he took his blood and he stood in the holy of holies in the presence of God where the accuser once stood. And no longer can Satan go to and fro because his blood was presented. And just like the high priest would do, he would go into the, to the tent or to the tabernacle to work of the Ark of the Covenant. He'd put the blood there and then he would walk around it. And he'd walk out backwards, sprinkling blood to cover where unholy feet went. The blood would cover until he got all the way out of the Holy of Holies. Our high priest Jesus presented himself, the perfect lamb, put the blood 
And no longer, no longer can Satan stay in heaven. He can't even go there no more. That's why he's the prince power of this air, here. And the only way he can accuse you isn't to God. He whispers in your ear. The news will tell you how unworthy you are. Right? Every day, <laughs> commercial comes on and it says, Are you feeling fat? Do <laughs> you wake up unhappy with the way you look that you feel look and feel terrible? And like, Not really. I'm married. <laughs> the news people of this world sometimes your friends will say things that hurt you that aren't true that's when you just say listen if the king of kings looks at me and calls me righteous and the cur he, he cared enough and loved me enough from the creation of the world he knew me and your sin doesn't surprise God and if he became a curse for me, and he calls me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, he calls me the head and not the tail. He says that I'm above and not beneath, and I am going to trust that what he says, the creator of this world, what he says about me is true. So what you're saying, don't say to me, talk to God about it. You know Satan will leave you alone? You just say, ah, Satan. I don't believe you. Go talk to God about that. And if he would answer you, which he never will, because he does, I can't. I've been kicked out. And I can't go back. And he just wants to take you with him. But if you're covered by the blood, you are saved. You're a child and a king. And he wants you to know that. So when you walk into that ballot box, just, where the, just as your life reflects. You know, we, we dressed up for last night. I was salt. Samuel was pepper. Right? And we rapped. No, I'm joking. Okay? <laughs> I was salt. And my, my wife was light. Because we are called to be the salt and the light. And we can take the good news. To the world. And one way we do that, just one. Every day we live it. Every day, sometimes you've heard it a thousand times. You may be the only Jesus people see. Amen. Okay? But I'm sorry that I am such a bad you know, image of that. But I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to love them because I was loved first. I'm going to forgive them because I was forgiven. And I'm going to tell them the same hope in which I received in that prison cell, that no matter what you've done in your life, that, that they can receive that too. But another way is by checking this box. And it's, it's for me, I would say it was clear. For you, you've got to make that decision. But take what you've been teaching, you've been taught here, and I know you're getting good word. If, if it wasn't, 
I wouldn't be standing here. If it wasn't, I wouldn't have told your pastor that my pastor is, you know, in another state, Happy Caldwell in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's my pastor. pastor. But here, I said, I want to call you my pastor. And that's why I'm here today. And I know you're getting fed good word. So you take that truth and you line it up. It's easy. Which one agrees that God knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb? Which one says that every life matters? Which one? And we, we could talk about the flaws of both of them, but which one says this is what my party stands for? Which one believes in life? Which one believes in freedom? You just like, look, 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 just take your Bible in there with you. And if, if they say, yeah, why are you taking that? Cheat notes? <laughs> like y'all used to do in college? <laughs> okay. One choice. Make it. It's important. One is already closed. Churches. One says churches have remained open because they're just as vital as grocery stores. Just look at it. If you want to know, you can come ask me outside of here. Because see, if I told you who to vote for, they would say I was breaking the law. It's not. I bloat the blood of Jesus. It's red. <laughs> Everybody, please stand. In our own efforts, in our own strength, Pastor, could you come on up? We would never be worthy. We could never live up to the cost and the price that was paid for each one of us. We're not good enough. But we were bought. Our sins were paid for. We're called the redeemed. And he looks at you with the same love as he looks at his son who shed his blood for you to call you righteous. He lived a perfect life because he knew that you wouldn't. He died a perfect death because all, unless you are alive and remain when he comes, were born once in the flesh, born once again in the spirit. He died the perfect death. So upon yours, the fullness of that perfection, of who you already are, your spirit renewed, will be joined to the perfect body to live with the perfect king, with the perfect father, for peace and love for eternity. Amen.
you know, I know in this COVID season it is being called, it's, there's a little bit of intrepidation. At the end of this, worship said we'll have a prayer team up here, but not everyone feels comfortable. But everyone has a need. There's things that we don't even realize. I, I didn't even realize, like I told you, the 31 days of sabbatical I was carrying. And I can only imagine that as I prayed through that and I spoke to God through that, I began to see the burdens of the people. And I'm not trying to put anything on you. I'm rather trying to give you wisdom so that you can take it off of you. Because you've got a wonderful, loving Heavenly Father that truly wants to lift the burdens of life off of you. We come in here with financial issues and fears, worries of how things are going to, needs are going to be getting met, how family is doing, how our relationships going into Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays. Is this going to be another holiday like last year and the year before that in the last 10 years? Are me and mom going to fight? Are, are me and, is the brother even going to show up? Is, is cousin so-and-so going to do this again? Everything that begins to emerge in this holiday season and starts to weigh on you and then that weighing starts to navigate your decisions and your temperament and your feelings and your emotions and all someone has to do is do something of the slightest slightest matter and then boom you're off the chain but today you have a loving heavenly father that wants to begin to navigate through that with you and begin to walk this thing out and begin to help you to let go of those burdens so I want to pray for you. Whether you come up here at the end of the service or not, I want to pray for you right now. But I want to ask you to be so bold that you'll put into a practice of just responding not to Pastor Nathan, but to the Holy Spirit. My question is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And if you're here today, and if you need prayer for any kind of healing, physical healing, emotional healing. I know I went through a lot of soul restoration. Maybe you're in that place, you know. This has been a heck of a year. I need some soul restoration. I just want you to ask you to be bold enough to just raise your hand. You're responding again. Yes, and your Heavenly Father sees this all across the room. You're responding to Him again. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. They are not your source of healing. They are not your source of freedom. They are not your source of restoration. But the one who is looking upon you right now as you're responding to Him by faith is the one who is pouring out grace upon you and grace abundantly. As, as sin abounds, grace even more and abounds. Father, I thank you right now for your healing hand. And I thank you for that you are restoring souls and that you are even opening up the crevice, Lord, of issues and bondage and hurt and wounds. Lord, as you are beginning to allow those old situations to emerge to the top, Lord, I, I praise you for giving your voice of the Holy Spirit to speak into each one's wounds and their hurts and their doubts and their pains and their confusions over the, the experiences of the past, Lord. I pray that in this week and weeks to come, that you are lifting up burdens and that you are replacing the lies of the enemy 
with the truth of your grace and your mercy and your freedom. That the love that you have given us on the cross, that you showed us on the cross, the power that it was obtained, the victory, as Pastor Cass said, that was obtained on the cross is now being imparted to those crevices of weakness, of evil, of darkness, of pain, of trial, of misunderstanding. Lord, I just, I just know that as the particles of 2020 have, have been raised up off the ground, off the, the shelves, Lord, as that stuff starting to settle all around our lives, we have confusion, we have wonder, we have doubt, we have no idea how the next season is going to turn out. But we have realized that the things that we have thought would bring us comfort and bring us peace, all everything is being shifted right now. And it's being shaken. And Lord, I pray that each one of us with our hands up and the issues that we are tired of trying to find our own solutions to, that we are finding the revelation of your truth, that the only thing that will be steadfast and foundational is the blood of Jesus and the Son that brings victory into our lives, into every situation and circumstance. So Father, I just pray for that grace to be upon every individual in this place, every humble heart that is willing to extend their hand to you as a cry for help that is truly saying, I will do whatever it is you say, just speak to me, O Lord. So I thank you, Father, for being an amazing Father. And I thank you for always showing out your grace and always showing up in their times of need. And I thank you that we don't have to try to navigate through this life and make our own decisions. But if we'll just stay steadfast and stay gazing upon your face, you will begin to navigate our thoughts, our way, our path to the righteous direction that you have established and set out for each and every one of us. And I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen with me? Amen. Let's